Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Cedis Corporation laid off workers who were making wind turbine parts and put the plant in Iowa and Kansas into what they now call, and they refer to as hibernation. I hibernated in Hawaii. Iowa for a while, but look, now we're- dear Lord, they let that guy run the free world. <laughs> if if you don't laugh, you will cry and immediately seek psychiatric help. I'm just I'm just trying to get through it like you are, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what's going down? Eight three three got Tony. Eight three three four six eight. 8669 Carrie Pickett from the Washington Times will join us, scheduled to join us in a little bit. The latest on what's going on with uh, the presidential election. She's in New Hampshire. Uh, she's been covering uh, the back and forth between Trump and Christie as if it matters, but you cover the things. And of course, the latest on Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and what it is, Representative James Comer is saying there's money, there's payments, there's dollars, there's uh, oligarchs from Kazakhstan buying sports cars for Hunter. That's what's going on. But the devastation in Hawaii, as the sun now rises there, you've got firefighters that have dropped approximately 150,000 gallons of water on these wildfires. This is Maui. You take a look at a map, get an understanding of where you are and how this is developing. These fire, these wildfires started on Tuesday. These wildfires have just simply taken over. Uh, the town is called Lahaina. I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. If you've been there, if you know of the area and the pronunciation's improper, let me know. Let me know uh, on Twitter, uh, at X, at Tony Katz, and of course, Tony at TonyKatz.com. This is a town of 12,000 residents, big, big tourist destination. It is on the west side of Maui. Maui, of course, being to the southeast of Honolulu. If you take a look at the uh, at the map of Hawaii, where Honolulu is, uh, you can then go uh, southeast. You'll get to Maui on the west side. You get to this town, Lahaina. This town is gone. The fire started on Tuesday, and as they were starting, there was a hurricane coming through the Pacific called Dora. This increased the winds in Hawaii, and therefore, if you had a fire that started, you've got embers flying, you've got flames going. Oxygen is, of course, the fuel for a fire. And out of control before, it really does seem before anybody actually understood what was happening around them. Before the city understood what was happening around them. Certainly, uh, you want to talk about getting control of these things. These things are not easy to control. When we talk about wildfires, for example, in California, you're talking about 
thousands upon thousands of acres where there is no civilization, if you will. It's not where people live. It's just where the brush is, and we can have long and detailed discussions about the levels of forestry uh, that are uh, enacted and, and how they actually clear the brush, how they keep things safe, fire lines, etc., where you clear areas out so fire can't cross a certain section. It makes it very difficult for the fire to jump. This isn't what they prepare for, what they, what they act on in, in these areas. And these areas are much more condensed in terms of just sheer size. The fire started, the fire got out of control. There was no way. It certainly seems that any level of fire department on Maui was going to be able to keep up as this thing tore through. The before and after pictures look like a bomb went off. You're talking about lush green landscape and trees and buildings and hotels. And now it is piles of gray ash next to piles of gray ash separated by a street that then leads to another pile of gray ash. It's a horror show. As described by Adam Weintraub, Hawaii Emergency Management Agency spokesman, quote, some of the aerial footage that we've seen from the area reminds me of the pictures of Dresden from World War II. We're talking about full-on destruction from from uh, the, the Allied uh, bombing raids, which, of course, you should have done to Germany. I'm just saying we're talking about that level, that level of destruction. Firefighters have put 150,000 gallons on to this place. Lord only knows if that's going to be enough. You've got uh, uh, the adjutant, the adjutant general Ken Hara, for the Hawaii Department of Defense, stating that the winds have been so strong because, again, of this hurricane that's been going by. Rescue efforts have been hindered. Aircraft have not been able to get into position which means the 36 dead that we know of. I don't even have to say the rest. You know it's going higher just like I do. This is horror. When we talk about those winds, wind gusts were reaching 85 miles an hour. The town is on fire and the wind is whipping by at 85 miles an hour. The fires got so out of control and were so everywhere that people actually jumped into the ocean to be able to get away from the fires to figure out how to maneuver around them to get to safety. This is... This isn't the Canadian wildfires and the people of, of my beloved Indiana or the people of D.C. or New York or other places have had to deal with the smoke. This is devastation. A town has been wiped off a map. And we don't know yet the depths of the, of the loss of life. That's the latest coming out of Hawaii. That is the latest story that is there. I will I will bring you more as I get it, but I got to assume that uh, you know the, the sun's just coming up. It's not going to be till the end of the day where we really know things. You got to figure it's going to take. If you haven't been able to get places because of the winds, you haven't been able to get places because of the fires, and never mind what's blocking roadways. Now that there's some light, maybe you have a better chance to do some work. I figure we've got till you know the end of the day, Eastern time. 
to even have to even have a, a, a basic understanding of where they're at. I'll let that reporting happen. I'll bring you more tomorrow. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. The immigration system in this nation is broken. It has been broken for decades. We're also asking the federal government to declare a state of emergency. This will allow federal funds to be allocated quickly to help address the urgent challenges we face. You mean that we face in the country, right? That, that, that we face in the country. You know, you're not just talking about New York, Mayor Eric Adams. You're, you're not talking about the issues you face from illegal immigration when you want to be a sanctuary city. You're, you're, nah, no, you're not. No, no, you're not doing that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a, a part of the show. Yes, the immigration system is broken. This is correct. We know it. Biden has shown no willingness to try and fix it. Congress has shown no willingness to try and fix it. It's a bipartisan problem. That's that's the way it's going to be until someone makes a change. And it starts with telling progressives we have a border. And it starts with telling other nations, nope, we're not a dumping spot, and we're going to take it out on you personally if you treat us like that. It's a multi-layered approach. It has multiple facets, because I am not discussing not bringing people into the country. We're going to be putting together Border Week soon, presented by Americans for Prosperity policy ideas, the initiatives, how this has to happen in multiple steps, and then what are some of the other ideas that are out there? What we have now simply doesn't work. There's a story about a armed Trump supporter. This guy was shot to death in an FBI raid. This was in Utah. The armed man was shot and killed by FBI agents during a raid linked to assassination threats against President Biden and other Democrats, including the Vice President Kamala Harris and the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. The feds tried to serve an arrest and search warrant at a home. It was a federal complaint that was obtained by the New York Post from the Utah U.S. Attorney's Office that identified this subject as a 75-year-old. I'm not using names. Now, the FBI is investigating because, of course, somebody was shot and killed. This guy, in social media posts, uh, described himself as a MAGA-Trumper. And the counts were interstate threats, a threat against the president and influencing, impeding and retaliating against federal law enforcement officers by threat. What in the world was this guy possibly threatening? And the answer is um, he wrote things like uh, I was 
I dreamt I was in a dark corner of a Washington, D.C. parking garage standing over the body of, you know, I don't even think I can read it, standing over the body of a, uh, of a U.S. official with a bullet hole dead center in his forehead. Now, I'm going to say for the record, man, am I not down for that kind of talk at all. At all. He's got another one. The FBI tried to interfere with my free speech right in my driveway. My 45 ACP was ready to smoke him. Um, if, if what is written in social media is a threat, well, then, my gosh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are going to get raided by the FBI. We, we can all agree to that. None of us are saying that you should engage in threats. We're saying that if that these things are the threats, well, then a lot of people are going to get raided. I always make the assumption, because I've been asked this question numerous times in my life, do you get death threats? And the answer is I've only gotten a few things that I think raised to the level of, hey, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. That's something I'm going to be aware of. Death threats, n- no. No, uh, uh, there, there are two things. A, as a matter of just size of, of notoriety, I don't think I'm big enough to get death threats. I don't think that's the way it, it, it is. Um, and, and secondly, I'm not a woman. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I know you get yelled at for mentioning uh, other radio hosts sometimes, but that, that, that's nonsense. Um, if you ever listen to Dana Lash, who, when, when I was starting my career, I used to fill in for her all, all the time. Da- I don't know. I don't know now, but she used to get some crazy, crazy, awful stuff. As you talk about it, crazy, awful stuff. And I, I just assumed, and, and, and you've seen this before in social media and other places, what people will write to women is far worse than what they'll write to men. It's, it is as, it is the most vulgar, it is the most obscene, it is the most sick, and if you know anything about Dana, she read that, laughed, uh, made the comment that was like directly at him, like, you know, bring it, and then moved on with, with her life. Exactly as, as 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 she should. Um, if you were to ask um, uh, two radio hosts who I, I used to work with and now uh, they do podcasts and and, and videos, uh, the chicks on the right, right, wildly uh, successful, um, uh, Amy, Amy, Joe, and Miriam. I think they get crazy stuff, and they've dealt with some crazy stuff. I don't think I should I should mention here. Right, they've gotten. Actual threats. I've gotten kind of end around stuff. But I always assume that a threat is someone saying, I'm going to do X to you at this time, at this date. I'm going to do this. I'm attempting to do that. I'm going to find you. Like, Like, that would be it. Someone who starts a post wonderful dream and then dreams about shooting a, a, a U.S. official in the head. I'm not saying it isn't disturbing. I'm asking 
as a matter of of legality, is it a threat? That that's number one. I, it is. I, I could be arguing a distinction without a difference. I, I really and truly could. And if we are opposed to threats, like we should be, then I would like to know the movement that the DOJ and the FBI took to deal with, for example, people who went to Brett Kavanaugh's house to try and and kill him, uh, to all those people who were engaged in protest trying to um, change uh, the outcome of of Supreme Court decisions, who were trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices. I would like to know what was done about that. How many warrants were served? And then of the warrants that were served, how many of the people were served ended up shot and killed? I am not arguing that the man in question was a good guy or a decent guy. That's not my argument. I don't know the dude. And just because a couple things were posted doesn't mean I know the totality of the potential of the threats. What else was said? I do know innocent until proven guilty. I know that. And I ask out loud how it went down. I want a full description and understanding of how it went down. Now, the 39-page complaint includes a series of Facebook posts uh, where this guy is threatening to assassinate Biden and other uh, Democrats. If, if, If you show me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the other. That's a threat. You don't threaten elected officials. You don't threaten anybody. I don't understand what the, what the win is there. I don't understand. And it happens on social media, and you're like, what? you're hiding behind your keyboard. Everybody's a tough guy behind their keyboard. Everybody's a tough guy behind their keyboard. Very few people are tough guys in real life, which is why I can get some nonsense, snarky comment on social media, but nothing ever happens in my day-to-day. That's the other question. Does anybody ever, have you ever been confronted? Has anything ever happened to you? I'm like, no, no. It, 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 only once, only once I was at an outdoor bar with some friends and uh, this couple that had gotten, I guess, some food from the bar kind of banged into my chair. I'm, I'm with I'm with my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm with friends. And then they were like, blank Donald Trump. And, the, and then we, we thought about how weird that was for a second. And then we figured out, the four of us figured out, wait a second, they were doing that because of me. Oh, that was the first time, and it has been uh, to date the only time anything like that has happened. Someone who's threatening to kill the president, I don't mind that the Secret Service and others do their job. This guy getting shot and killed, I would like to know more details. I'd like to know what happened here. I would like to know, did this guy shoot at you? I would like to know, was he threatening anybody in terms of right there as you were delivering the warrant? I don't know, something about the story just... Like, I'm just supposed to accept it. No, I accept innocence until proven guilty. But I don't accept threats at all.
The election is in full swing. Carrie Pickett, she is from the Washington Times. She's in New Hampshire with the updates. This is Tony Katz today. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in anyone. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. It's not true that, well, everything about me knowing about Hunter Biden's business dealings is true. It's a lousy question for you to ask, Peter Ducey. He's the only person asking the questions. Him, Jackie Heinrich. I mean, uh, Joe Concha got that absolutely correct. They're the only people asking the questions. It's not a lousy question. As a matter of fact, as Jonathan Turley pointed out, before Peter Ducey got back to his car, the White House was calling to engage levels of clarification. What are we clarifying? That Joe Biden was indeed on phone calls with Hunter Biden? That Joe Biden did indeed speak with his son about his overseas business dealings? I mean, we, we know this. And what about now these bank records that we're learning about? No, 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 not those bank records. Other bank records. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Kerry Pickett joins us right now, senior congressional reporter for the Washington Times. You often hear her hosting uh, on Sirius XM Patriot 125 in New Hampshire right now covering the primaries. Weirdly, uh, you know, we we heard President Trump decide that he's going to go after uh, Chris Christie. A guy who is polling quite literally zero, zero <laughs> in the polls, and Donald Trump is is going uh, after him. And uh, the other day, while in New Hampshire, said this. And the others are at like 12. One is at 12. I think that's the sanctimonious, but he's rapidly being caught by Ramishwamy. Who's good? No, no, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. This is where we are in 2024. Carrie Pickett has been following the responses from Christie. Um, this this hit from, from Trump, which is exactly what you would expect from President Trump. We've seen it before. This being taken as classic Trump or is somebody taking this as, hey, um, this isn't what we want. Does it affect him in New Hampshire at all? I don't think it affects him in New Hampshire at all. This is classic Trump. This is what Trump's base pretty much expects of him. And some people will say, oh, come on, the uh, New Hampshire voters, the, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't want that. The uh, Trump's voters uh, in uh, New Hampshire know that this is what he's going to say. And this is, if you recall, back in 2016, uh, they, they saw this is how Trump was like. And mind you, even though Christie uh, is pretty much tied for second place here in New Hampshire among GOP voters. Uh, he, both DeSantis and Christie are still far behind Trump. Uh, 
and still it's early. Uh, and I know that Christie right now is, is, is hitting Trump pretty hard here in New Hampshire. I went to a town hall of his uh, in, in a Salem uh, and he 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 hit Trump really really hard on all the indictments that uh, that a Trump is uh, facing. The a new Fairleigh Dickinson poll just came out, and what's interesting is that uh, the only GOP voters that are really who are on Christie's side on it is it, a very 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 tiny amount who think that these indictments are legitimate. So he's trying to capture that like GOP vote who are like, yeah, Trump sucks because of these indictments. But it's a tiny, tiny amount. And I'm not too sure if it's going to really help him here in New Hampshire. So that's yeah, something that, he needs to sort of think about. That poll uh, from Fairleigh Dickinson had 806 likely uh, Republican voters. It brought Christie in at 5%, DeSantis at 15%. What is interesting is that it brought in Pence at 5 Ramaswamy and Haley at 3 and Trump at 58 So exactly. this, this, I mean, it's still just this insane spread i mean the spread between desantis and trump has trump up plus 43 exactly tony and if you think about it uh so like yeah but in new hampshire you know they tend to be a little more moderate look we're talking about the gop primary here and uh you know you're gonna have diehard trump voters and you know i started thinking about it um i was at a chris christie presser i'm going to be uh putting out this uh, this a uh, video and a sound very soon. It's very small, and you know I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know you are an ardent supporter of Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray was his personal attorney during the uh, Bridgegate scandal. You know that is well known, but it is not extraordinarily well known. And you know he did recommend uh, Christopher Ray to the to the FBI director on to a President Trump." Now, of course, Christopher Ray is on the uh, bad with uh, President Trump, along with the majority of the Republican Party. And he vociferously, uh, once again, defended Christopher Ray. And I asked, I, I said, hey, look, you have a lot of these, uh, you know, GS-12, GS-11s, otherwise known as these brick agents, you know, these special agents who just do not like Christopher Ray. And they feel like they're constantly being retaliated against by the FBI brass. You're kind of kind of like the the uh, GOP candidate who's out there defending the DOJ, defending the FBI brass. Is that the kind of you know image you want to be projected out there in the uh, primary? You know, he just you know he he seems okay with that. Talking to Carrie Pickett of the Washington Times. You can find her work there. You hear her from time to time on Sirius XM, the the Patriot. Um, Christie is like, hey, I dare him to call me a name in front of me, you know, which is which is correct. You know, if, if a guy calls your name in front of you, you got to hit that guy in the nose. I mean, it's 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 got to it's got to happen. You got to stand up for yourself. Uh, but when when you see uh, Christie campaigning a, as he does and you take a look at where where the path is. He's a guy who sees himself as a, only having a path in New Hampshire, not having a path in Iowa, and needing to place or show in New Hampshire in order to limp himself into South Carolina. Is there any talk anywhere on the streets of New Hampshire, in Iowa, other places, 
that there is going to be some kind of movement off of President Trump because of this indictment? Is this the time where people are going to say, you know what, what's happening to him is wrong, but I want to win a general election, and so I have to go with somebody else? Is any of that talk taking place even in the dark corners of the back rooms? The only place where I heard people saying, hey, Christie's my guy, was at the Chris Christie town hall. That's it. You know, it's like you will find Chris Christie supporters at his town halls. But if, you know, as as I had you know, spoke to you previously, I said I, I was hanging out at a gas station um, here in Salem, New Hampshire, and talking to people, filling up their uh, trucks, filling up the cars, saying, are you a Republican voter? Yes. Uh, who do you plan to vote for? Trump. Who do you plan to vote for? DeSantis. Uh and I would ask, um, what about Chris Christie? Eh, I don't know that much about him. I don't know. Eh, you know and I get but- that, Carrie. I, I, that's not the, I, I absolutely get that part of it. I was wondering if the indictments on Trump have caused anybody to say, the, you know what, I think what's happening to Trump is wrong. I would still love to support him, but we got to win a general. And the only way to win a general is to do this to move off of him are you hearing about people moving off of trump at all or is is that really as locked as it is and nothing matters they're gonna back this guy to the end i've heard that uh you hear more that people will say i am with trump unless he gets indicted to the point where he can't run that's where that's where they'll stop we'll say look if the guy gets you know, thrown into prison and and then all of a sudden he's told sorry you know you can't run then that's when they'll have second thoughts but right now they look at these indictments as unfair they look at these indictments as this is a guy who's getting screwed over whereas Christie will attack him and say these indictments are completely fair these indictments are all Trump's fault Trump screwed himself and therefore he he should be indicted because, as he put it last night at his town hall, he's a, quote, stupid Corleone. He's Fredo. And that's where uh, he's pretty much standing as, as far as attacking Trump is concerned on these indictments. Once again, as I said, he is the DOJ candidate. He's the FBI candidate, which makes, once again, makes me wonder what exactly is his path. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't really have a path. Maybe he uh, is just doing this once again to trip up Trump along the campaign trail. Let's move uh, over to uh, the hashtag Biden crime family. And of course, you were the one who was there when when uh, Congressman Dan Goldman was talking about the illusion of access. And Devin Archer, former business partner of Hunter Biden, said it was uh, they were just trying to create an illusion of access uh, that they were going to give people access to to President Joe Biden, then Vice President Joe Biden, that that was not uh, his words, not the words of Devin Archer, the business partner, former business partner of Hunter Biden. Those were the words of Dan Goldman himself, and he made it sound like that's what they learned in the testimony. Of course, he lied. I don't think there's any other way to put that. Now we're getting the stories that bank records 
as uh, the Washington Times has the story, bank records document foreign payments to Hunter Biden and associates. Oversight Committee putting out this paperwork, confirming the testimony they say from the two IRS whistleblowers that millions of dollars, possibly more than $20 million, paid to Hunter Biden and his associates, distributed to 10 members of the Biden family, including President Biden's grandchildren. Um, This is where the reporting is. Uh, How... I know Comer is like, look, these are the bank records. Uh, we're talking about James Comer, congressman from Kentucky, who chairs the oversight committee. And he said the bank records don't lie. Where yeah, yeah. Is, is this emboldening the GOP to push this impeachment inquiry? Is this forcing the Democrats to ask questions themselves? Or are they dug in on some defense of this is all just a witch hunt? Well, they're still dug in on this is all just a witch hunt. Because look at all the names that you just mentioned there, Tony. They're saying, oh, yeah, you listed every single Biden family member except Joe Biden himself. Where is that bank account of Joe Biden that the money hasn't flowed into just yet? You see, it's it's like saying, yeah, they talked about everything but business. It's 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 like you mentioned every single Biden member, but Joe Biden like, until you actually give us the smoking gun, you you haven't given us anything. Never mind the fact that, once again, they impeached President Trump over a phone call where he where he wanted an investigation into all of this. And they said, and we're going to hold back, you know, you know aid to to, to to Ukraine, if yada, 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 you know, if you don't do this. And uh, but once again, uh you know, there, there was not, there was none of this. All this, like you know, documentation. There weren't all these bank records. There wasn't all, all of this uh, incredible evidence surrounding it. But hey, they ended up impeaching him anyway. See, therein lies the difference. Oh, well, this isn't like high crimes and misdemeanors. Come on now. See, but, what, I, but wait, first see, things first. Therein lies the difference. First things first, Carrie. We've known each other for a long time. I see. We that's the point. We all see the the thing that we cannot square the circle on is that it's one thing for for the political left. It's one thing for the acolytes to defend. It's one thing for them to try and claim ignorance on a thing. But now we know we have the data. We have that quote yeah. uh, of President Biden speaking to Peter Ducey. Uh It's a lie. I never spoke to my son about his overseas business dealings. We know this isn't true. This is now out there that it isn't true. And they're still trying to push something that everybody sees isn't true. Eventually, that has to end. And the question is, when? Well, uh, now it's up for the uh, GOP to uh, feel some sort of confidence uh, in themselves that they can open up an impeachment inquiry without getting any sort of political backlash going into the 2024 election. That's what they have to look at it as far as messaging is uh, concerned. I, uh, I, uh, and, and once again, it comes down to political education of their own electorate. Like, for example, I spoke to some voters out here. I'm like, do you think that the GOP should uh, open up an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden or or even impeach Joe Biden over this? And there's one guy said, oh, no, I don't think they should impeach him because, uh, you know, then we're stuck with Kamala Harris. And I said, well, once again, 
it's like the same conversations that you have going back to even Bill Clinton. It's like, well, impeaching doesn't mean removal. It's like impeachment is, is really just a, you know, just like politically marring this this uh, president in the House, you know, like the Senate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Once again, you have to reeducate people as to what exactly impeachment is. Uh, I favor uh, the, uh, without question, I favor the impeachment inquiry, and I would like to see it happen much sooner than it is. Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Stay safe in New Hampshire. We'll catch you on the road in the days ahead. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Well, the Dow is up 129. The Nasdaq is up 56. But you take a look at this inflation number. Nope. Don't feel that this is like, all right, so it's up just a tick. First of all, it is up. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Inflation is up. Below expectations, but up from the month of June. Housing costs are up, are up 7.7% compared to one year ago. And never mind where those interest rates are. As I've been discussing the story that I really, really considered buying a a house, like this weekend, I, I was prepared. And then we stared at that interest rate number like, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do it. I've been have I shared the story on air. I've been ha- I've been talking to some friends about it, and almost to a person, there's been an anecdotal conversation of what the interest rate increase has changed in their or somebody they knows buying habits. None of these changes are to a positive. None of them to a positive. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.